Hey brokers, it's Mark Summers, president of AIM. I'm excited to announce that I will be the new host of AIM's podcast, Broker to Broker. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators, just like me. Download today, available on Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Welcome everyone back to another episode of the Broker to Broker podcast. My name is Mark Summers. I'm the president of AIM. Uh, Once again, as always, and I'm going to pretty much say this every time, really excited uh, about who we will be interviewing today. Um, You know, we had a great discovery call and really excited to to, to get her take on, you know, the way she does business in our industry. So today I would like to welcome Tina Brumand. Uh, she is with uh, a mortgage broker. She's a mortgage broker at 24-7 Lending Group. So, Tina, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Mark. It's nice to talk to everybody and um, be a guest on your show. Yes. No, we're going to have a good time here. Uh, you know, I, I absolutely love the Broker to Broker podcast just for the mere fact of, you know, you get to dive into to everyone's way of doing business. And and literally, the, 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 the bad thing about it is since I do these interviews, I always want to kind of read, you know, do something different with my business after every time I talk to someone. So I'm sure that will happen with you. So Tina, let's, let's get into this. Uh, you know, your background, I want to hear how you got into the mortgage world, because once again, unless your family was doing it, it's, it, I just love hearing the stories of how people kind of walk their way into this, to this crazy industry, but I love this industry. So tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah. So kind of like everyone else, I stumbled into it. I was really in the medical device industry at the beginning of my career. Um, I have a marketing background and was in the urology division of a fairly large company. Um, And eventually we got so large that uh, Johnson & Johnson bought us out. And I love Minneapolis, but I live in the Santa Barbara Ventura area of California, and that would be a tough relocation gig. So I decided to kind of take a little bit of time off. And one of my cousins does mortgages in San Diego. So I'm in the middle area of California and he's in San Diego. And he was like, hey, come on down. I'll teach you the business. You're smart. You can figure this out. So I went down there and they shoved a sheet of trigger leads like old school. This was about six years ago. Um, and he just said, just start calling, listen to me, make calls. You make calls. I got licensed, you know, that kind of thing. And I came back home and I'm pretty far away from where our home office is. So I needed to figure all that out, but he showed me the way and opened the door for me. Perfect. Yes. I mean, that's kind of the way, you know, it's, it's the way everyone kind of gets into this business. They kind of just, it falls into their lap. You know, and I I just love hearing those stories. So, and talk about, you know, putting your feet to the fire, just start calling trigger leads right away. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, that wasn't the best training method. And like (laughs) I said before, I think to some people, I feel like I did like year one, five times in a row. Like really, it took me a long while to get my feet underneath me. I was doing like a couple loans for friends and family and trying my best not to mess them up and did not have that um, training, like I didn't have formal training. I do have a business background, so I can figure out some stuff, but the intricacies of how to do loans and stuff, that was challenging to figure out from far away. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, 
And there's there's a lot of training methods out there. Uh, I don't recommend that one, but I'm I'm glad that uh, you stuck with it because I'm telling you, a lot of people would not have stuck with it. Yeah, no, that I wouldn't recommend it either. I mean, um, I'd say there's other ways to go about it. And now that I do know, I'm hoping that I get the opportunity to mentor other people because I think that's what this community does is once you get built up and you're starting to ride a bike and chew gum a little bit, um, you know, it's a good community to try to help others do the same, figure it out because it's not easy. No, it's not easy. But I will say that, you know, one thing that uh, AIM has done, I feel, has really created this community that helps each other out. So I'm glad that, trust me, I'm glad that you're a part of it and that, that you contribute back to it. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I would really say that I contribute like my pivot moment directly to AIM. Like, and it was a stumbling moment. It was, you know, my kids were starting to get a little bit older and I, they didn't drive, right? So until your kids drive or whatnot, I needed to drive them here or there. And um, not being able to focus, there's a couple things in here, I guess, like for moms or women that are needing to get started, it's hard because you're balancing a couple of big things, right? Managing a family and a job that really best served would be to be able to focus on it 14 hours a day with no distractions. Like that's the best way to figure this job out, get licensed, get in the groove of things. But when you're juggling both of those things, I think it takes us maybe a little bit longer and that's okay. Um, that's one thing that I would say to people. And then I would also maybe just say that um, the thing that was my pivot moment was being daring enough to go to the first AIM event in Irvine. And I think I had seen it on Facebook and I didn't know a single soul and my brokerage was not really set up that way. Um, they were far away from me, but I kind of had made a decision at that point that I was like, you know what, I've either got to figure this out or I've just got to go get a job, right? Like a regular job. And I put my mind to, I'm going to figure it out. And I met people at AIM and Irvine the spark and pivot moment of everything. So wait a minute. So you were at the first event? The, the yeah, first that event one in Irvine at like, I don't remember what the facility was called, but a beautiful facility over the beach. Hotel yes. Irvine. Hotel yes. Irvine, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I remember. So, so just a quick, quick story here. You know, when we started this, we started in February and we had our first event in April. I'll, I'll never forget this. And I'm sitting there with, uh, you know, Anthony Casa, uh, and, and I'm like, what are we doing? Like, seriously, is, is this going to work? Like, what do you think? And we opened up those doors. And I think that first year we had over 800 people there and we said, wow, there's a need for this. There is a need for this. There's a community here. And then we said, okay, now that we're all motivated about this by the summer, let's get 5,000 members. And <laughs> like, Later on that year, I think we were over 30,000 members. So that, that's, that's amazing. And I remember that first event. We were so nervous. We were just trying to help, and, and it's, it's blown up since then. I cannot believe you were there. That's awesome. Well, it was really important to me. I mean, it really was the moment of me going, okay, I don't have to rely on this brokerage, which was a bunch of dudes that didn't know how to train anyone, right? They're doing their own production, and that was really it, which is great. But that wasn't going to build me up or get me the knowledge and, and um, confidence to really get under myself. And from there, I met a couple of people. Like I met another guy, Andrew in Ventura. Hey, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
and just started connecting. And I would say that that's the other lesson here is that if you feel like you're on an island, like I genuinely did and was, like dive into the pool, right? Like I on purpose just, I was not anything. I didn't know much. I was doing a couple loans a month maybe and starting to just really dive into listening to what's being told. I resonate absolutely with with Anthony's message, right? I just, it, it resonates with me. I think that corporate America is on purpose trying to keep all of us people dumb to take advantage of us. I think that people's majority of their wealth and is in their home equity. And I think that this shift of competition that we're seeing coming at people that don't know any better, because I deal with mom and pop, regular old people doing their loans, um, is they don't know. And I don't like that um, idea that we, we collectively, as consumers of mortgages, are kind of being taken advantage of from a lack of financial education in schools, right? Like a lack of starting us from very young, knowing how to manage money. I think that we're, we're being groomed to be taken advantage of by the big giant machines that are out there. And I believe in this broker community and the hearts of like seriously so many people that I've met that we all have that same servant heart mentality that we are here to undo some of that um, taking advantage of big capital companies for consumers. And that's really what AIM is about. That's what Anthony Casa started. That's what anyone that I've met in this industry has just been that kind of a, of a heart. And I want to be part of that. And I want to be better because of that. And it lifts me up and all of those things. And I really couldn't be more appreciative of the organization because it wasn't necessarily the people immediately around me that were lifting me up. It took a whole bunch of strangers that, right, just doing the same thing with the same intent or purpose that made a difference in my life. And I'm hoping to kind of keep that wave going. That's that's amazing. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm telling you, you hit the nail on the head there because the one thing that I, you know, we, we I do all these presentations for AIM, you know, we always want to try to get brokers signed up and, you know, we always want to help. But the one thing that I said is my most favorite thing about AIM itself is the community, you know, like it, it, just for the mere fact of I remember you know, if, if this was five years ago before this, before we started AIM you know, and you were a broker down the street. I hated you. I have no idea why, but you were my enemy and there was no need for it, you know? And this community has, I mean, this, and AIM has flipped that upside down. This community is awesome. I still learn every single day from people in this community and I couldn't be more happy and proud of it. Absolutely. And I think that um, it's interesting. Like I'll share a little story. Like I'm climbing a mountain right now. Like my business not super well organized or polished like it would be. I'm needing to get my systems in place. I'm redoing a tech stack right now. Like I do think that you have to have a certain resolve or resolution or constitution within yourself that um, you're going to figure this out. But I do know also that, um, you know, not to hash on what happened a month ago with, you know, two larger brokers, but we do have a choice, right? We do have a choice in 
how we orient ourselves, like uh, guiding principles of why we're doing this and that kind of thing. Um, there certainly is a lot of money in this business and I could not, I don't work for money. Like I don't even deposit my paychecks because it could be a thing that um, becomes very addictive or right. You get addicted to that paycheck and that's kind of a, you know, some people need a little distance between that. And some people get driven as that's part of the goal. That's not my goal that way. Um, I have to be motivated otherwise. And I'm really motivated, motivated right now by just mastering a craft and the challenge. And I was recently presented with two options. I was, um, I'm part of a brokerage and they're based in San Diego. There was two owners and one of the owners decided that he had a goal of his own that he wanted to own a bank. Right. And he, I know it, you can choose to own a <laughs> bank. That can be your goal. That's not my goal necessarily. Um, but that was his goal. And so he chose uh, about in February to put our brokerage under a mortgage bank and the reasons that were given for um, doing so were that we were going to be licensed in more states, that we would be able to, um, you know, we would be able to do more mailer business, you know, structure our business differently. You didn't have to do so much. And that really did not resonate with me. And during that meeting, um, half of the team decided that we were going to take the steeper mountain and go build a whole separate new brokerage because we are committed to the broker channel and being a captive lender um, was not feeling like it was a good fit for me. And I'm really appreciative that the other owner decided to stay team broker route because I do think it's important in terms of how we service clients, what happens when, you know, pricing fluctuates like we've seen in the last 30 days or so where we had some pricing volatility in the market. Um, that effect on their pricing at the time that we're shifting out became pretty clear that that's not uh, the business model that I wanted. And I'm really glad that I had that choice because um, it aligns more with what I'm trying to do, which is build a relationship based purchase focused business. Yes, purchase focus. I love that. So you're you're a networker, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say. You know what? Um, I would say that I'm not by nature. Like it makes me a little bit uncomfortable. But I did start kind of my spur of getting myself going by reaching out to a couple of local agents and asking them if we could go on caravan together. So that's one thing when I'd say like someone has asked me that's really smart and asked a really good question about how am I looking to, or how am I growing my agent relationships in a time where we're not meeting in person? And one thing that I started before COVID was just going on Friday caravan consistently with a couple of people that were agents. Um, just, I think that that lent a little credibility in the other agents that we would see on caravan, like, oh, Tina's with these other two agents, right? And so that kind of grew it. Right now, I'm trying to make sure that I'm networking just in women's groups. Like today, we have our first like get together of coffee after uh, this event today. Um, and so I make sure that I'm staying in touch that way. I am making sure and I'm actually going to 
implement some additional things that I just got out of the great event in Georgia is I'm going to be more purposeful about replying to um, inquiries or reach outs on social media with a reply in a video instead of just a like or a, I accept your friendship, right? Um, that's one of the things that I took out of that last event. And I'd say that in regards to networking, like you get these ideas because you go to these events and you come home and you say a couple things and try to implement them and use them to polish your business or use the conversations that you have with others at these events. So networking is really important, not just for going. And I think people are always like, an event's coming up. Is it worth the cost? And it's like, it's always worth the cost because there's some little nugget that you're going to get out of it or one little friendship or one other person to hold you accountable. I owe someone a video to say, to prove to her that I'm actually going to implement what I'm talking about. And that's how we grow each other, right? You meet these friends that are in very far away states and you talk about your business and what you're doing or what your struggles or challenges are right now. And you try to come up with a solution and then they'll hold you a little accountable and you develop a friendship. And I think that I'm, I'm going to say I owe everything to that initial fuse event and then not having that be my only show, right? Committing to going, to growing, to every opportunity, investing and engaging with these other people because you will grow your business that way. Yeah, you know, and I, and I love what you said there because, I, you know, it, it, it aligns with everything I believe with these events, which is the events are great. Don't get me wrong. You know, every event that AIM has put on and I know Equity Prime just had their big event. You know, that's when you're speaking of. Yeah. They're, they're great. Don't get me wrong. But the but the collaboration you get with your peers, I think, is really where it's at. I agree. And I think while you're at those events, right, like I really um, am intentional about reaching out to people that are sitting alone, right, or a little shy or reserved or maybe two other ladies that are there together and I don't want them to stay in a bubble. It's better that we all, you know, integrate as much as possible with other people from different markets, from, you know, a different background uh, than you have because that's where i think community starts growing right and community is all different kinds of people all different kinds of colors and that's what makes up a rainbow that's really what i think about aim or any of these events that if you go and really engage in a purposeful way with people that right are not just your comfortable people they're kind of right. your other people right that's where that really good um networking and value i think comes from yeah that's that's awesome i absolutely love that i love the fact that you're at the first aim event too that, that, <laughs> that blows my mind all right so if you're a broker or loan originator processor that's never been to one of these events right whether it's an aim event i mean i you know i want everyone going to an aim event but let's just say it's just an event what what piece of advice would you give them going into the event you know, I would say go into it maybe um, with three or five goals of questions or challenges that you have in your business that you write down ahead of time, right? Like, hey, I want to learn this or I want to learn that. I would say, you know, give yourself a challenge to like, hey, I'm going to introduce myself and have like 10 meaningful conversations today. It's really easy to get like intimidated at these events, right? There's 
some like clicky kissy kissy everybody knows each other and they seem like they're such good friends and they are so tight right but that can be intimidating for somebody like i don't want to penetrate that but offer yourself up like these people are so warm and welcoming and um they want to be friends with everybody i think and um I would say go in with a goal, go in with openness, go in and challenge yourself, even if you're a little anxious, right? We're all a little anxious and awkward and uncomfortable and um, challenge yourself to connect, right? That's the opportunity. And if you don't take that opportunity, that's kind of the piece that you're missing if you just go and like have the information told to you, right? That's right. one way to attend event. But um, I'm trying not to do that. I need an, I need a community around me. I need to know that I'm not on an island. And this is the way that I've resolved that problem. I might have you speak at the next AIM event because that's awesome. I mean, everything you're saying, <laughs> is, everything you're saying is just absolutely perfect. And that's what those events are, are truly designed for, you know, and, and you're hitting just so many nails on the head with, you know, what the community is about, how you can rely on them, how you can lean on each other. And, you know, I think it's, I don't, I, I, it's funny just cause like there's a few people I speak to all the time, you know, and I, I don't think it's just because I'm in Michigan, they're in Texas and New Hampshire, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's not over, we're not crossing any lines there. So we're willing to open up with each other and, you know, and, and even in Michigan, I still have people that I communicate with and try to help them out, even though they could take a deal from me here or there. I don't care. You know, there's enough business out there for all of us and we can help each other grow. Yeah. And I would say that exactly. You want to know what? I went to that first AIM event, like scraping by on two loans a month, right? I didn't know anything. I didn't know anyone. By going to that event, by going to a few more events, I got up to five to 10, right? Now I'm at the nine. Now I need this community because I'm at like 10 to 11 loans a month. I want to be at 20, but I need a better system. If I didn't have this community around me and know who I could call or, hey, I'm looking for a coach, right? I'm needing a coach now. I want to vet some of these coaches. Like, because again, I'm not driven by money. So I'm not going to be the person that's going to be like, yeah, I align with the guy that's like, hey, how much money do you want to make back into your numbers? And that's how many calls you need to do. I don't do business that way. So I don't want that kind of a coach. So I'm needing to kind of know from others. And if I didn't network, if I didn't um, talk to people, if I didn't build relationships, like genuine relationships with people like Sam Parker, I wouldn't know that he's available to me as a resource to like go through my flow or he enjoys that and he's willing to do that even though he's not a loan officer, right? So you don't know unless you start networking and until you can leverage, like you may have a certain book of business, but in order to take that next step, you need a little more or different help. And then in order to take that next step, you need a little more and different help. And then likewise, you're able to give advice to somebody else that might be two steps below you. And that's, I think, one of the best things about being a broker is the networking, if you take advantage of it, it is um, it is um, all that knowledge base that you need. You just need to know where to go get it. There's not a roadmap. We're kind of messy. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. All right, let's hop into another topic here, marketing. Tell me about your marketing because I know that obviously you, you started your own shop when? I don't have my own shop. I'm working still for... Oh, but 
24-7 lending group. I am my own broker's license, but I'm chicken still to go and build gotcha. my own shop. So right now I'm still based under 24-7 lending group, which is the new group that's splitting off, not going to the bank. Right. So, okay. How do you, so how do you establish your marketing? What, what are some marketing tools or, or, or tricks, tips that you can give us? So I am far away from my brokerage. They're in San Diego. I'm in middle Santa Barbara Ventura area. They don't have a brand name here. And where I am, there are, there are like, um, Homebridge, right? There's some um, retail. I don't know if they're really retail or what they are, but there's some <laughs> of those types of lenders, right? Um, I just knew that I was going to have to start establishing my own self, my own brand name, which is why I I got licensed all the way, right? I got my regular NMLS. I got my real estate license. I got a broker's license, not so much initially because I wanted to be a broker, but because I wanted the independence of being able to market myself my own way. And because I did not want to tie my marketing to my home company in a tight way because you don't need to build them as a brand if you're properly licensed. So I started um, maybe two years ago investing in a website, right? Like I need legitimacy. I need a way to build Google reviews. I just started like down that path of building my own brand. I hired a girl to do my website, to do my branding. I got professional headshots, right? I got business cards, a couple marketing basic pieces just so that I could have some legitimacy as I'm going out and building agent referral business. And that really has just started by grinding in, right? Each transaction, introducing yourself to the people on the transaction, trying to meet new agents in, in offices, right? Going after, after the newbies so that you can help them build their business. Um, having a website, I think allowed me to, kind of have focus and and refine my message, right? So that by writing my own website, I had to decide what do I want to say when I go meet with these agents or clients? So that was just kind of a good process to go through in terms of marketing and um, figuring out your why. How do you want to communicate it and yourself? That's also how I think I've gained some legitimacy for agents. I do have an, a business Instagram page that is pretty business focused. It's not a lot of personal. Um, and then I have a personal Facebook page. But before two years ago, I had I was a non Facebook person. I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> I had my so husband had that. an account. I think I was a lurker. They call it a lurker, like behind the curtains a little bit. <laughs> Um, and I've just, right. I've been listening. I've heard Anthony, I've heard the messaging, right? Build your brand, know your why, get your message out there. So now I am now at the point where I've just hired a loan officer assistant. We're going through this transition brokerage wise. So that's kind of messy, but now I'm really ready to start, um, doing more purposeful outbound marketing because I've needed to put my tech stack in place. So I knew what to do with those, those leads once they came in. So I'm getting my Jungo built up. We just switched to Flowify. We're struggling through the dumb early transition with Calyx and hoping to move on to Arrive. 
So I'm actually in a little bit of a transition where I'm not bummed that the refis are slowing down a little bit because I have plenty of purchase business coming in right now. And I'm going to take that extra crazy busy time for refis and use that time to build up my LOA, to build up my tech stack and to get really streamlined in my process through the purchase season so that come fall and, and moving forward, then we're running and we're running smoothly without having to like not have capacity. That's perfect. Love it. All right. So one thing, one thing that we do here that we're trying to do, and I know you put this on your Facebook page, um, but we, we, you know, we, we had you reach out to the community and see what questions they would like, uh, you know, answered. Um, Andrew had one that really, uh, I'm going to mess up his last name is Kunisawa. I, I, I believe if, if I think I'm, you got it. yeah, I think I got it down. I'm getting better <laughs> at this. Um, but he, he put a question out there that I really want you to answer. You, you kind of hit base on it, but if you can dive a little bit deeper, it's, he asked, how do you develop relationships with realtors during this time of no person, no in-person contact? So I actually have a good example right now. We have I have a purchase transaction going on that's really tough. In California, they just redid our flood maps. So we have properties that used to not require flood insurance and now they do require flood insurance. Especially difficult on a manual conto HOA situation. So how I'm winning agents is like really, really being great at my communication and getting in front of tough issues and being opposite of what I'm seeing in terms of service to agents, right? Like, I think there's a lot of loan officers out there right now, but but not necessarily a lot of them that are really great. So in this situation, I have two examples, actually. This situation, I was really proactive about being brave and getting in front of a really grouchy agent that I knew was going to chew my head off because we're closing two days late. But I couldn't help it. We had to have flood redrawn and I was ready for a chewing. But getting in front of it, I won a new referral partner out of it. And so that is one example. The other example is I would say this. I had someone that's so I'm in the middle of California. I have an agent in Carlsbad that I work with, but he's sent me business, but not like consistently. So I'm also trying to not just like network with new agents, but get a little closer and deeper with agents that I've had like a one off or two off relationship with and going back to them to see if I can earn more of their business. Right. Because it's one thing to go get new agents to work with those people. I try to catch the newbies. Right. I'll see new agents that are like, hey, if they're serious or good, I'll try to at least go get coffee or tea with them and introduce myself. And that works because they want a good agent that's going to partner with them. Even like people that have um, fairly big brokerages with an in-house lender, that lender is not going to give that newbie agent the time of day. They're busy with doing other people's loans. So I found success that way. But I'm also cross-qualified for, for an agent that I had an, 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 a relationship with, but we didn't do a ton of business together. He was kind of sending me deals once in a blue moon and 
they have an in-house, he's a Coldwell banker agent. So they have someone, but I've been doing his cross calls on two listings that he has right now. And it takes time, right? Like I'm not getting anything out of the deal other than putting him in a better position because I'm not there to steal the transaction. That's not my heart, right? My my heart is to do a good cross call so his buyer gets a solid offer. But I will say this. Now I'm going to warn all of you guys right now because this is what I just saw. Three offers on this property. First offer was a a person that had a had a had a mortgage broker who did not run DU who would not provide any paperwork or any assurance to the listing agent. Even though I gave him my assurance, I'm not here to steal your client at all, black out their phone number, but I need their DU and their information. That client was absolutely not qualified for the transaction. Second situation was a good broker that I saw and they were, I was excited to do this cross call. It wasn't going to be as much work for me because they were a little better but they were trying to sneaky peeky on the DU also where stuff didn't align right. And that agent is like, wow, that was a good catch, right? Because they were trying to lower the purchase price. They were basically negotiating through this DU changeover, right? Putting in one purchase price of 570, then rerunning it at 550 when that's not the agreed upon offer price. Right. So it was an interesting um, enlightenment for me to see how other brokers are kind of navigating in this gray water, not of aim people, but maybe some right, maybe some brokers that are a little shady, I'd say. But the last one, and this is what I want to point out to you, was this was my last prequal yesterday was the offer came over and it was from a gentleman up in Sacramento and he's both a lender and a, and a real estate agent. It's an offer from Quicken Loans. So this is a dude that's one of those real estate agents that got licensed, yep, from Quicken oh Loans last year. And you know how I figured it out is because I asked, Please send me your DU, your 1003, your credit, and your asset document from your client. He called, he sent originally this like prequal letter that's from Quicken that says, I've selected Quicken Loans as the final lender. But page two of this document is the directions from Quicken Loans to him on how to handle a purchase transaction. Right. Because he doesn't. Oh, my God. You're kidding. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. And so he calls me and tries to school me that I looked him up on NMLS. I can see he's been an agent since 2004 and only a mortgage lender with an NMLS since <clears throat> last year, 2019, 2019. So a little over a year. And he tries to tell me he's been in the business so long, he doesn't know why I need all of this information and his clients don't need it. And I said, well, sir, we're, we're getting offers where these people aren't really qualified. So I need their, their credit document. You know, you should be able to just provide it. And he's like, well, what if I didn't run it? And I'm like, <laughs> that's what's happening with Quicken Loans licensing 
real estate agents right there. That's a whole other podcast because I could go off on this and yeah. Uh, you're, you're sending the message. I, I, I appreciate that. You know, sometimes it's a broken record with myself, but you know, I love it when, you know, brokers like yourself, you know, speak up about this because it, it truly affects our, the way we do business and, and our way of life. It, it's really, um, people don't know. And that's where the message of aim resonates with me because we all have to band together to protect these people. Like, honestly, that's my mission in life is <laughs> to give mortgage service to protect people from this kind of stuff. And really, I want to call the client, right? And be like, hey, guess what? Ricardo, he's no bueno. <laughs> right? He's costing you the ability to buy a house just because of the lender that you chose to work with, right? And, and if you're needing a house and that house fit your needs so well that you wanted to place an offer on it, you just did yourself a terrible disservice. Absolutely. Wow. I'm still yeah. mind blown by that. But Oh, well, it is what it is. We're going to keep fighting the good fight is the way I look Absolutely. at it. So It's opportunity. Um, right. Right. Um, one other question. And we just, I just had her on as a guest and I love her, Melissa Puckett. She's great. She, she has, she wants me to ask you, what things do you do in your business to help move the needle and not, and, 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 and avoid getting stuck in a rut? This can feel very overwhelming, like the mountain I'm climbing right now and getting out of can feel really like, where do you even begin? And my answer to that question is go to events, go to events, attend events in person because it pumps the lifeblood back into you. Like it, it, I feel so recharged after that EPM event in Atlanta, like I can run another marathon right now. Like <laughs> I'm ready. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. I didn't have that. I felt very overwhelmed coming into that meeting. Like I have so much to do. I need to, right, just do all this stuff. You know, I need a new email signature line. I need to, you right. know, just those things that you have to do and get done. And you've got the opportunity to be doing prequels, which are not easy, but I'm trying to grow my referral business, right? Like, ah, all of that. That meeting, right, it did many things for me. It re-educated me. It reset my bearings by hearing the speakers and their truth. And it reset my why. It gave me like new goals, like a new focus on, no, this is where I'm getting to. It That's how I'm resetting the needle and feeling like, okay, I just totally went to the gas station, fueled up, got a car wash, got, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. That's awesome. Yeah, no. And I know you'll be at Fuse, won't you? I already have my ticket. <laughs> love it. I love it. And for people that are listening, we're, it's, we're going back to the Bellagio. We're going back to Vegas in September. Really excited about that one. I, I can't Absolutely. wait to get back into the open. Yep. It was All really right. nice to see people. And you know what? We're fired up. I'm fired up. And I know the people that were in attendance at that event are fired up. And I think, right, we, we roped in some more new people too, right? That's the great thing about each event is I think that the community grows. You feel more supported. It really is like it's worth the time away from family. It's worth the time away from work. It's worth trying to juggle all that extra to like feel like you can go run a marathon again. You're you're reset and recharged. Perfect. Love it. All right. Last question of the day. 
Um, what advice, and I always ask this one, what advice would you give to the community, whether you're new or, or experienced loan officer? What, what's one bit of advice you would love to give this community? Let's just stick together, right? Like everyone, community is because everyone participates, right? Community can become very small and clicky if only a small handful of people participate. So I would say I challenge like all the periphery surfers, right? That's kind of how I operate. I operate like a little on the margin on the sides in a big room. I'm not going to sit front and center. I'm going to kind of be off to the right or left a little bit. Um, participate, right? Like even if you're a one-time contributor, contributor, contribute because diving in and being part of it means participation. You have a role to play. And the more that we all engage that way, the stronger we as individuals are, but the stronger our community is. And that's what advice I would say. Love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. You know, I tell people all the time, like, like the brokers are better Facebook group page can be a little overwhelming at times. It can be, it, it's a, sometimes it can be a monster, but at the same time, don't, you know, contribute whether you're new into the business or, or you write a hundred deals a month. I don't care. One deal a month. You, you, there's, there's a bit of expertise that we all have that we can all help each other. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Um, lifting each other up feels good. Right now, we we need that, right? As brokers, as people, as, you know, like socially, we're coming out of a weird time. Not everybody might be at the same time. You know, it's um, it, it's uncertain and uncertainty can be uncomfortable. But my mantra right now is embrace the suck. And like I'm adding on to it, embrace the suck with a smile, right? Just it feels good when you get over it and you feel connections and all of those things. And the only way that you get through that is doing it. So I would say just dive in and do it. It, it feels good after you have connections and capabilities and an outlet for all of this stuff. Um, that comes from the participation that I know I've had to, I've had to give in order to get that back. I think I'm going to have a t-shirt made for that now. Embrace the suck. I absolutely yeah. love that. <laughs> well, Tina, listen, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for sharing your insights, um, your wealth of knowledge. Love the fact that you support uh, the community. Love the fact that you support AIM. And, you know, just just for myself, and, and I know I can speak on behalf of AIM, but thank you so much. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. All right. So brokers, um, we're going to wrap it up today. If you want to get caught up on all of our past podcast episodes, please head over to aimgroup.com backslash broker to broker. You can also listen to all the Broker to Broker podcast episodes on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Do me a favor. Please go to it. Please rate our podcast. Please subscribe. And better yet, please leave a review. It helps us get the podcast out there and spreads the word that brokers are better. And Tina, you always spread the word that brokers are better. So I just want to thank you again for joining us today. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we made it all the way to the end. <laughs> to the end. But that, that's good. Hey, we're busy, right? So yeah. you, you, you have a great day. And thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Spread the word about the Brokers Are Better movement by wearing our T-shirts. Head over to aimgroup.com to buy your Brokers Are Better T-shirts and find lots of other items perfect for yourself, your team, and your community.